One thing that seems peculiar to me is that if the Catholic Church becomes what she ought to be, all the world's problems will go away. If the Catholic Church becomes what she ought to be, all the world's problems will go away. And in particular, I bring that up because if we truly enter into the mysteries that are before us, we look at the sacramental life of the church, people are changing their names. But when you're baptized, you're given a new name. When you're confirmed, you're given a new name. When I was ordained a deacon, I was given a new name. When I was ordained a priest, I was given a new name. See how our world, if they enter into the mystery of what is before them, they're also looking for identity. But that's been given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus on the, on the cross. And if you and I live in that reality, others begin to thirst, they begin to hunger for that truth. But we have to be humble, not a very highly sought after virtue. And we see that in particular with Abram in our first reading today. First thing he does is he prostrates himself before the Lord. That means he laid on his face, he humbled himself, and it was through that he received his name. So yes, when you're baptized, you're, you're given a new name. When you're confirmed, you're given a new name. But also the Lord has a name specifically for you and I. The one that you and I will respond to is when Abram became Abraham, it was a turning point in his life that things are changing, which is what's meant to be come, come to full fruition through our sacramental life in the church. We can't point fingers at other people because that's not humble. What we should be doing is putting ourselves in the chapel and laying on our faces and asking for the Lord for the grace to receive our name. What is the Lord's specific name for you? And that's hard because then someone might see me in the chapel praying and looking strange according to the dictates of the world. But I can remember in my own conversion as I was doing these things, I would go lay in front of the tabernacle and I would just put my keys in front of me. I'd put my wallet in front of me and say, Lord, whatever you want is what I want. Because if you're not calling me to seminary, I don't want to go. And all those little acts of surrender. And I had to die to self because I was, like many of us, I was worried, what if somebody sees me doing this? But what, the reason why I did it is because I heard about John Paul II doing it. I heard about Mother Teresa doing it. And sometimes I'd walk into the church and I'd see other people doing that particular thing. And it is, it is through those acts of humility, those acts of vulnerability, that we're given life. We're given a new name. But if you don't hear it the first time, the encouragement is perseverance. We don't know if Abraham or Abram went before the Lord before, many times before he became Abraham. We don't know that. So there's that, that need for humility. There's that need for persistence, like that persistent widow who kept knocking at the door and kept coming after the Lord and didn't quit, right? And also in that, we have to remember, we might be worried about what other people think about us. If I go into the chapel, I go into a church, and I lay on my face, and maybe think, what if the floor is dirty? You know, we don't know how dirty it was for Abraham. We don't know how dirty it was. But we, we know that we get out of our pride, we get concerned. What if somebody else sees me? But who should we be concerned about seeing us? It is the Lord. The Lord sees you at all times. The thing is, the Lord doesn't look at you with shame. He looks at you with awe. And when you come to see how he sees you with just absolute awe, then our jaws drop, our ears open, and he speaks to us. But if we're, if we're too concerned out of our own pride, 
of what other people might think. What if they see me in the chapel? What if they see me laying on my face? It's just going to take time to overcome those habits. I've been there before. It takes time. There's that persistence. There's that humility. There's that persistence and there's that humility. And why is that important that we do things like this? Because the Lord loves it when we show him with our bodies what we believe. Who am I before? Right? We kneel in front of him. I can remember even as I was transitioning into seminary, hearing an elderly priest saying, how is it that we can come into the presence of the Lord and not get on our knees? And five minutes later, Mass started. And I never forgot about that wisdom, right? It's like it just, it just rings true in our hearts. And it's important because the Lord says, Amen, amen, I say to you in the gospel, whoever keeps my word will never see death. And the Lord's word transforms everything it touches, but it's not meant to just stay on this page. It's meant to be in your heart, but he also desires to speak to you. This is a living word of God. He desires to speak to you. And sometimes we just have to physically show him, Lord, I surrender. I lay on my face. I lay it down. And it is through those acts of surrender that his promises ring true. A challenge I have for you, if you don't know what to do, or you're looking for a Bible study to do, is try this one. Go into the Bible and look for every amen, amen, I say to you statement, or every truly, truly, I say to you statement. Those are promises. Those are promises. And look at how many promises Jesus makes to us. He says, if you keep my word, you will never see death. He says, amen, amen, I say to you, right? Towards the end of, our, end of our reading, you know, whoever keeps my word will never see death. And we have to think about that. Like, what is he trying to get at? If you keep his word and you let, let it take possession of your heart, you'll know when he says, before Abraham came to be, I am. That burning bush, that, that, that fire of, of the heart of Jesus that burns for your life burns for your attention, burns for communion with you. Jesus said, I am, which means God is to be what it means to be itself. God is love. And it is in that moment when Jesus comes to tell us his truths, his promises, as he's literally prostrating himself with love before the people that need to know it the most, they want to pick up stones and throw them at him. But it says, Jesus hid and went out of the temple area. That means when you and I come to Mass, when we're in holy places, as weird as this basement might be, but it's still a holy place where we're in churches, we have to make sure we don't bring stones with us to point fingers at other people and say, oh, this is what needs to change in the church. But the thing is, we have to ask ourselves, am I, am I living a sacramentally sound life? Am I doing what is necessary for the Lord to work through me Am I prostrating myself before him and letting him speak my name to me? Am I at awe at who I am before? We take a moment of silence and if we came here with any heaviness, any finger pointing at why the world is the way it is or even why this camp is the way it is, we always must point the fingers back at ourselves. But also... We're called to live the word of God, to prostrate ourselves before the Lord and to know that Jesus is the great I am, right? He's always been there. He'll always be there for us. And if we do that, we'll see the problems of the world come to solution.
come to truth. We can't point fingers at others. We must point fingers at ourselves and say, what are you calling me to do, Lord? And it is in those moments of surrender, in those moments of humility, in those moments of perseverance and persistence, we hear our name said. So that when things get noisy, when things get crazy, we know who we are no matter what. We take a moment of silence to place any stones that we may carry in our hearts, anything that, anything that we may be holding on to, and we place it before the Lord. And what you receive back is God himself. You receive the great I Am in the Holy Eucharist. Amen.